Do you ever open open a new page in a notebook and then put a line down the like the middle break of the pages? I don't understand the question. Like in what? a physical notebook? Yeah, a physical notebook and then just kind of run your pencil down the break between the pages in the middle like the in the spine? Yeah, in the spine. No. Okay. Why do you, why do you do that? I don't know. It's like a thing that I always do. Hey gang, um, it is a gang. It's a gang of photo enthusiasts. You guys are. We're like warriors. Yeah, yeah. I need. You have, you have some bottles. Yeah. OTP, come out to play. Yay. <laughs> That's all I can do. Uh, it is uh, July eighteenth, which means nineteenth, twentieth, twenty-first. Only three more days. I'm sorry, nineteenth, twenty. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Until sorry. my birthday. Yeah. Until your my. Birthday. 50th birthday. Full half century. Full half century. I'm going full half on my birthday. Yeah. 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 Did you know that airplanes were not as old as you when World War II ended? (laughs) I would imagine saying that's true. (laughs) It actually is true, right? Thanks. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, uh, this is on taking pictures, obviously. Obviously. Uh, Bill Wadman is in, is in Brooklyn and, uh, I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm in Silver Spring. Hey, I got a haircut. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Did they break their scissors or what? Well, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When, when you get like six or seven inches cut off your hair and it still hits your collar, it was too damn long. Yeah. Your hair was, ge- I didn't want to say anything cause you know, it's personal <laughs> choice. I was, I, 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 I tweeted, I either, I either needed to get a haircut or book some studio time and go record an album of white snake covers. Yes. Yeah. That's about <laughs> it. That's about right. Or, you know, pick up where Greg Allman left off and start touring. Did, it, did it feel good to get the hair off your hair? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's still kind of long and curly and wavy, kind of like when Eddie Vedder got his hair cut, sure. you know, like that kind of length. Right. So it's just, just about like below my chin. Above so wait, my wait, collar, you think you're Eddie Vedder now? <laughs> the uh yeah you know I, that's how i feel whenever i shave which is why i don't understand why people like facial hair it's like uh, I, your you face shave and you get legs? it off uh-huh. <laughs> you know there's something about shaving your face and just getting it like nice and clean and you're like ah completely yeah agree completely agree especially you know it, uh, this is only my second summer here i guess yeah. uh and it's Hot still kind of getting used to the humidity, you know, it's still getting used to the, the mugginess. I mean, it's, it started to get a lot more humid in California, but it's, you know, we're having 60, 70% days here. And that's, that's brutal, especially when yeah. you're trying to run in it. Ooh. Oh, no, 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 no. I went, Yeesh. I went to the gym yesterday and rode on the rowing machine. And for some reason, their air conditioning isn't up enough. It was so humid that the air conditioning wasn't sucking enough of the humidity out. So it was still humid inside the room. And Yikes. I was sweating buckets. I was like, I, I almost couldn't even finish my workout because it was so oh, hard wow. to breathe. Um, so, okay. So you, you're, you had headphones just kind of fall apart. So, yeah. So I get, I, okay, here's the backstory. So I, I get to do the show and, and those of you who know me know that I am. Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait, hold on a second. Pause so people can insert a word here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am very fastidious about my stuff. I take impeccable care of my gear, my equipment, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, cameras or, or, you know, anything I'm, I'm very careful about my stuff. And these headphones, I have a pair of Kef 
M500s, which I love. They're terrific. They're they're beautifully designed, and that's. I mean, Bill asked me. You asked me uh, why did why you get those? them over, yeah. and you know they sound terrific. But part of it was their design. They're they're machined out of aluminum. They're they're these terrific looking objects. Sure. Um, and they've got these these leather uh, memory foam uh, cushions uh, for your ears. They're on ear headphones. They're not over ear headphones. Um, and it just as it implies, they they sit on top of your ears. And I've had them since. I've had, what did we decide? Two years, a little over two years. Uh, two and a half years, I think it was. And the the and and again, these headphones, they get used on Tuesdays. They get hung up on a stand where they sit for the remainder of the week, barring the odd listening session. But by and large, I use them on Tuesdays, and that's the extent of their use. They've never been out of the house. They've never, you know. That's it. They're 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 very well cared for, and the the ear cups are falling apart on one side. the 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 head the leather pads had just the front face of it just fell apart as I picked it up today. Now, is that seam just glued originally? It's seemingly? probably yeah. It's probably glued uh, probably or hot, it. hot pressed. You know, yeah. like 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 uh, almost like a uh, uh, you know like when when you when like when you shrink wrap something where they do like the 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 hot. Sure. Uh, bar that comes down and it, it makes a seal. It's probably yep. sealed like that from the inside. Yep. Um, and it really kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Be- because I take such good care of my stuff. Right. Um, I- if I had been, you know, beating them up for the last two years, that would be one thing. But there, you know, there's not a scratch on them. There's not a dent on them. There's not a ding on them. They, and it really kind of pissed me off that this $300 set of headphones, I, I now have to make a choice of, you know, do I want to spend $30 or $40 by the time you get shipping in there on a new set of ear pads? Or do I want to take that $40 and put that towards a set of Sony 7506s, which are industry standards, yeah. or a, a pair of uh, Audio-Technica uh, ATHM 50 X's, which are by all accounts bulletproof and have detachable cables and have larger drivers and, 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 you know, so it, I don't know, just kind of, there's a lot of good headphones nowadays. Yeah. Hit me the wrong way. I mean, you can get a pair of Sennheisers for, you know, 50 bucks that sound amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what I, I, I guess my, okay. So my question is, what is your expectation for, Quality. I okay. Let me let me back up. The other day, I inserted a uh, SanDisk Extreme Pro SD card into the SD card reader on my monitor. That's how I read my cards. I pop it out of the camera. I stick it into the side of my monitor. My monitor is a USB three card reader, and it's fast. Right. But apparently, I got it in it just like not quite the right angle, and the whole SD card split apart. You know how it's sort oh, wow. of front and back bonded thing, you know, the way these things work. Right. Um, it just kind of cracked open and, you know, like the whole thing got just kind of split. Um, now, this is a $40 SD card. This isn't the end of the world. By the way, I do want to ask you what you think about SD cards in general, because I think it's while I like the smallness of the format, sometimes they're almost too small and they seem a little too fragile, but that's a whole other ball of wax. Um, but I was pissed at myself for apparently, you know, maybe it was me. Maybe the card was flawed in some way anyway. You know what I mean? But for me, it was like, oh, I'll just order another another SD card. I'm annoyed by it, but it's not worth 
the amount of energy I'm putting into the annoyance to just not buy a new one. You were just right. looking at these, the pads for these ear headphones that you've had for two and a half years, and you're like, oh, well, they're how much were they? Thirty five bucks, fifty bucks, they're thirty bucks. bucks plus shipping, which is probably <clears throat> okay. another eight to ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. So forty bucks, say for those. Uh, there's part of me that would get pissed, but then just go, whatever. I'm just going to get the new, I'll just get the new pads. Cause like, that's what I got to do. And life goes on. Yes. Life goes on, but this is not a $20 pair of headphones. Right. So right. my expectation on a $300 pair of headphones is different than it would be on a $20 pair of headphones, got which, it. you know, it's apples and oranges, but by contrast, my Apple earbuds, which I take good care of them as well, but they are in and out of my pocket. They're in and out of my camera bag. They're, they're wrapped around my phone. They're at, they're on me at the gym and they work flawlessly. Sure. And they're a $29 product. Right. So my expectation is greater and the same with cameras. You know, I, I would, I would have much greater expectations for, uh, you know, a, a $4,500 Sony a nine than I do a, $300 entry level rebel. Right. Right. Even though I bet the rebel would hold up pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) It probably would. Um, Do you, okay. uh, uh, Slight tangent. Do you think that your, you, you, you talk about how you take care of your stuff that you're fastidious, I think is the word you used. Yes. Does that come from your father? Does that come from somebody saying to you as a kid, Jeffrey, you need to take care of your stuff. Like that's about part of being an adult is taking care of your stuff. And, or is that something you figured out on your own? Uh, I think it's a combination. It's, it's a combination of, uh, uh, if I got something either as a gift or worked for it myself, I didn't have the money to replace it. We didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. Sure. So if you got a thing, that thing, you better take care of it because that's the one you get. get. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, and I would have my things for, for many, many years because I would take care of them. Um, my dad took great care of tools in particular, and he had a massive tool collection. Um, you know, a couple of the, 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 you know, five foot tall craftsmen rolling carts full of tools and, you know, uh, enough hand tools and air tools and, and electric tools. It looked like a tool cage from Home Depot when you'd go into his shop. I mean, there's right, just right, right. stuff everywhere. But he took very, very good care of it because he valued the tool. He valued what the tool allowed him to do. Yes. Yeah. But uh, luckily, most of the tools that your father would be using were pretty hardy. Like if he, you know, dropped them on the floor from a few feet, it's not like they're going to shatter. Right. Uh, yeah. By and large, by yeah. and large, he, yeah. he, you know, he, he was, he was, there were some things that he would go a little bit less on, but by and large, he would buy the best he could afford. Yeah. 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 It's, it, you know, the, the price you pay and the expectations of quality, um, which is kind of what I'm getting at here is, is the thing. I mean, I had, uh, somebody over here, I don't know, last week, I think it was, and I had one of my lenses sitting on top of an Apple box next to me. And I was shooting, shooting, shooting with a different lens and kind of pushed back in the chair that I was in and pushed the Apple box and the lens fell off onto the floor. Yikes. Yeah. Now it's fine or seems to be fine. Like there's nothing different about it and it's just as sharp as it was. It's not like something got knocked out of it, but I understand, or at least in my worldview, these are my tools and yes, they're important. And yes, I need to take care of them because they're my tools. But at the same time, they're tools. They're not babies. So 
I pay a lot of money for a professional lens because it can take a knock every once in a while and it's not going to fall apart. Right. Uh, or at least yeah, that's, that's the expectation. Yeah. That's the expectation. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems to be fine. And there was a moment where I went, Oh, you know, and then I picked it up and put it on and hit, you know, autofocus and took a couple of pictures and zoomed in. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's all right. Um, now there are times when this doesn't happen. Famously, I've told the story before when my lens fell out of my bag, when I went to shoot somebody at time life one time and it, it was all out of whack when I went to use it. Um, that was a 51, four Canon, by the way, uh, which had, you know, had a few knocks on its, on its, uh, barrel over the years. Um, so yeah, it's, it's this interesting thing of, I paid a lot for it. I, I shouldn't knock it, but if I do knock it, I expect it to survive. You know, your headphones are one thing where it's just like, well, headphones are a strange thing, man. Cause like the headphones that you're buying are sort of in that somebody who's going to buy headphones because they care about headphones, whether it's the look or the sound of them, but not paying a ton of money for headphones, but enough money that they look good and sound good. You know what I mean? Sort of that like mid range of somebody who cares about headphones, um, which has become a very consumer product kind of thing, you know, uh, uh, or, uh, but I don't expect them to fall apart. I I agree. You shouldn't expect them to fall. What what I do expect is is that Kef would go, wow, that shouldn't happen. Uh, send us your address and we'll send you a new set of earpads. Okay. That's, that's what I expect. I, I agree with you. And remember a couple of years ago when my the back of my 5D something, oh, the, the, the little joystick top popped off and I sent yes. it in. Yeah, that little nub. Yeah. yeah, and they had to replace the entire back of the camera because it's right. all one part. And then I got it back and the screen was screwed up. Right. And and they were arguing with me that it was my fault that the little joystick thing fell off. And I was like, are you kidding me? I had it around my neck walking around Coney Island and a piece of this $3,500 camera popped off without me touching it. You know, <laughs> like that's a problem. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Um, and in the end, they fixed it. But it took a lot of canoodling, right? It took a lot of of fighting with these people to make that happen. Um, well, I mean, and and I I know me well enough to know that that this is this is going to be a thing for me. It's it's going to be um, I'm going to noodle on it. I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to go. You know what? Out of spite, am I going to put these? If 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 it doesn't go the way I think it should, and right. uh, granted, it's just the way I think it should, and maybe people will write in and go, you know what? Screw you. You're wrong. Go buy another set of earpads and shut up. And maybe you're right, but. I may go the other direction and stick them in a drawer and never use them again. Right, 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 right. Because uh, just for the I record, feel I don't think that, that you're, wrong. you're 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 not right in thinking that or whatever. My question is, what is the how much time am I going to invest in trying to get this fixed for free when I could spend thirty dollars and fix the problem, and move on with my life? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. and and I am very much in your camp most of the time. I'm trying to be less in that camp because I find myself obsessing about things that I, you know, stuff happens, you know, like that's just, that's, that's my new thing of "Eh, whatever I gotta, gotta move on, you know? Right. (laughs) Um, yeah. And you know what I did? I went and ordered another SanDisk extreme pro 64 gig card. 
I, I think that is an anomaly because I, I mean, SD card. I have, yeah, that your SD card breaking apart. Yeah. I have, I have read roundups and reviews of, you know, uh, running them over with cars and freezing yeah. them and seeing what they survive and they, and they do survive quite a bit of abuse. So my thought is that that is somehow a flaw. Uh, yeah. An exception, not a, not a rule of, of, of it. I mean, cause the force that you would insert it into an SD card slot is not that great. Right. right Especially right, right, relative right, right, right. to running it over with a truck or, or, you know, freezing it in a block. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like that is not a, 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 a stressful. By the way, I just sent you a picture of the, of the corner of the card that kind of split open. So ah, you can see okay. what I mean. Uh, uh, it's just one of those things where I don't trust putting it back into my very expensive camera. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's not worth, uh, uh, that kind of thing. There are people who don't ever erases their, erase their SD cards now. Right. Cause they're getting cheap enough that you could theoretically buy these big cards. And if you're shooting JPEGs or whatever it is, shoot thousands of them on a card and just never delete the card, just get another card, you know? So you always have another backup on an SD card. Right. Um, which by the way, saved my butt a few weeks ago when I had shot something for somebody and I, it, it was like an extra little thing on top of at the end of a, another shoot I had done. Somebody mm-hmm. asked me to shoot something and I apparently accidentally deleted those pictures from my hard drives. Whoops. And I was like, Oh, uh, and they called me about them and I was like, Oh my God, did I do that? Cause I never do that. You know, it's right, right. my, my stomach dropped out and I was like, Oh my God, how did I do Like they've got to be somewhere. Are they in a backup. No, they're not there. Shoot. I already, you know, cloned that over and, and all the rest. And I'm like, are they up on back blaze? No, they're not there. And it turned out that I still had them in a folder on an SD card. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it made me think about just buying SD cards and doing that just as like a backup thing. Right. Just putting everything there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. I, I watched a thing this morning, um, and I don't I don't know how it even came up. It was in one of the feeds, but a guy bought a, one of the new iMacs, yeah, and disassembled it and maxed it out with an i7 processor, a two terabyte SSD, and sixty four gigs of RAM, uh, and it and it actually spec'd out. Uh, first of all, it saved him about $2,000 over buying that configuration from Apple. Oh, he bought uh, the low end one and the, the processor socketed. He could go in there and put yes, the new one in. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, but he also got 8% better performance across the board. And he said that it was kind of strange because that's not within the margin of error. There's something going on. So is his, his question was, is Apple buying uh, the, the, the sort of, you know, lower end i5 and i7 processors from intel the ones that don't cut don't quite oh, the make ones the that cut been, for performance yeah maybe uh but anyway the, the 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 point of this was he uh he has a mac pro and he was trying to to build something and he said the the irony here is that if you go to the apple store yeah. and buy the new 5k lg monitor that apple co-developed with lg Right. And plug it into your Mac Pro, it will only run at 1080. It will not run at 14 or I think it won't run at 4K, actually. It won't run at 4K or 5K. Interesting. And there is there is nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. Well, they they do say that that one's made for the new laptops and now the new iMac. It's just kind of funny, though, that you spend five. Well, it's a computer from four years ago. They haven't touched that computer since whenever, you know. I mean, the 5K thing requires the latest. 
display port. Right. Right. Uh, stuff. I mean, that's pretty crazy that they're getting that much bandwidth over a single cable. There's a lot of pixels on a 5k monitor. There's, yeah. I mean, substantially more than on my, I think it's 60 something percent more than on a 4k monitor, something like that, just because of the way it multiplies out, you know? Um, yeah, I'm going to buy one of those one day. One day when I'm rich, Jeffrey, I'm going to buy uh it's gonna be nice it's gonna be a good time wait the guy when the guy pulled the thing apart hold on a second go back a second he actually swapped out the ssd he could swap out too yes there there he said he had to buy a new cage for it because the uh the 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 size is different um but he found the cage on amazon for i think he said six bucks interesting send me that uh send me a link to that when you get a chance okay to look that up that is interesting um all right, let's. What do we got here? We got a lot of stuff. Where do you want to start? Uh, how not to respond to copyright infringement? Andre sent this in. Did I miss? Yeah. This? Did you Did you see this? It was on Twitter. I think I missed it. All okay. Right, what What did he say? So the 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 the, the, the thing goes. Um, Andre de Jesus sent this in, uh, and the article is called "A Ban's Not So Impressive Response to Being Called Out on Copyright Infringement." Okay, so the 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 story goes that a guy posted, photographer posted a picture of a band called Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, who claimed to be known all over the world. But I asked several of my friends, and none of them have heard of them. But that's beside the point. Um, and and, and the band appropriated the photograph added their own caption to it and posted it on their social media. Okay. okay. Cropped it and, and uh, posted a, a lower res version on their social media. Uh, the, uh, the photographer then contacted the band and said, Hey, y- you can't do this. You've, you've violated uh, copyright by posting this. Uh, would you please remove this? you know, uh, immediately, or if you'd like to keep it up, uh, we can discuss payment. Right. If you, if you do not comply, I will be seeking legal advice. Right, right, right. So the, the band, uh, rather than taking it down, they just added photo credit with, with this photographer's name. name. Yeah. And he, he writes back and he says, look, I, I noticed that you've added my name, but that's not the issue. The issue is that you've posted this and cropped it and you know edited a low res version and it's it's my copy written you know it's, it's, i own the copyright so you need to take it down uh and all they responded and then he, he sent them a note on facebook to make sure that they would have seen it he says uh uh the image needs to be taken down or i will take this matter further thank you and they respond by posting an emoji and the response lol go for it <laughs> So then, don't mess then, with copyright, man. Yeah. So then, so then he, the photographer receives, uh, a, a message from their management basically saying you have no legal claim on this photo as how, it how is credited. Well, it, it, he said, he writes, you have no legal claim as this photo is credited and is not posted for monetary gain and features our likeness and image, not yours. Also, you've just gotten yourself banned from any festival or show we ever play again. Congrats. So he, he, uh, he writes ball. back, the photographer writes back and says, look, just because the photo is credited to me doesn't mean you have the right to use it. Right. Uh, and then he says, and as for monetary gain, 
your your Facebook page is used solely to promote the band. Right. As advertising for the band. Um so he he gets another response that I mean they're just goading him on you know sure. this, he says uh, well they're uh, trying to intimidate him is what they're doing yeah he he gets another response that says we welcome the lawyer quote unquote and his response um you know uh don't send any more threats or you'll be hearing from our lawyer okay so Let's do it. yeah so then the band you know uh oh what did he say um. Most unknown, the, the, the manager says, most unknown photographers are happy to have a worldwide known band use their photo and consider it an honor. You are clearly an example of the opposite. Yeah, Jeffrey. But, yeah, I know. So, so yeah. So then they start gaslighting him like it's his fault, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so then they, 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 resp- the band responds and, and they, they post a tweet and say, you know, want to read a funny story and they list it. And then they hashtag it, uh, the the photographer's name is a tool. Oh, great. Yeah. So now they're, yeah, they're threatening, they're making baseless claims about him online. Okay, keep going. Right. So, and then, and then they, they post a follow-up saying we have addressed this issue, most of which was a misunderstanding and are paying for the photo. Thanks. Yeah. It's not a misunderstanding though. No. It's, it's, it's you guys thinking That's a non-apology apology. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and so anyway, I just thought you'd get a kick out of that because uh, it, it there are so many holes in this. Oh yeah, I've had people say they should be allowed to use my picture of them because they're in the picture, so therefore they should be able to do whatever they want with it. Right. People who are internationally known and know better saying that to me. People who have money who could afford to pay me for the picture, who were just trying to intimidate yeah, me and get to pay your stuff. your whatever you would want for it for yeah. for this one time, which use was a very thing. reasonable amount of money, have yeah. said that to me. Right. So it's it's this is this is the way of the world. It seems like these guys are a little bit pissed. <clears throat> Basically, they figure, you know what, we're a band and our music is stolen all over the place, so therefore all all bets are off, and you know. We suck it up, so you're going to have to suck it up too, kind of thing. You know? Right. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I had a conversation with a woman last week about this kind of stuff, just talking about how in photography in general, you know, the whole making a living in photography. I mean, there's like the events people and and weddings and that kind of that business, which is a good business. And then it used to be that there was a business for, say, selling you know, landscape photographers, which has gotten harder and harder because more and people are more and more people are becoming good photographers and shooting in the same locations as, as the quote unquote landscape, professional landscape photographers. Um, one of the advantages I have is that if you're going to pay me to go take a picture of Jeffrey Sidoris, there might not be that many pictures of Jeffrey Sidoris that could be used for a thing. So therefore they still need somebody like me to go in to take that picture. Um, which is like a small little niche that, that exists, which is the only reason I could survive. Um, but man, it's just rock photography, like concert photography. I don't, I don't understand how it, how you can make a living doing that. That just seems so incredibly difficult to play that game and to deal with all these bands and to get paid for your work. You know, um, ugh. that's yeah, that's stresses me out just even thinking about it. Um, yeah, you know, no, bueno. no, no, not at all. Um, and you know what? Good that the guy finally got some resolution, you know? Right. 
Um, by the way, one of our first articles I think we talked about many years ago was the picture of that monkey taking a self-portrait of himself. <laughs> I was I was talking to Fielding about it, and she said, you, you, that's just bananas. Yeah. Well, so, oh, really? That's what she said? <laughs> oh, oh, did she? <laughs> did you, Fielding? Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, as as we as we kind of came to the conclusion last time, apparently the courts decided that the monkey does not have standing to be able to own copyright because he's not human. Right. He's he's a monkey, and, and the, apparently the guy has like gone bankrupt. Oh, it di- is I didn't catch that part. So he's re- like had a real hard time because of all this. Well, well because he's spent a lot of money in court trying oh, to prove God. this. That's yeah. So apparently this guy does own the copyrights. Apparently PETA. Uh, uh, who sued? Apparently, it's going back into court, where the where the where the court is questioning whether PETA can serve, basically whether PETA has grounds. You know, sort of that's right. the big thing in legal quarters is like, do you even have grounds to bring this suit? Whether or not it's the suit is correct or you have a point, are you harmed in some way? Like, do you have any you know standing in this? Uh, and a lot of stuff gets thrown out in courts because they decide that the person bringing the suit does not have standing to bring the suit. Not that right. their suit is incorrect or that their facts are wrong. It's just sort of like, no, you're not the person, you know, I can't bring a suit saying that somebody was mean to Jeffrey because that's Jeffrey's suit to bring, not my right. suit. Right, right, bring, right, you know? right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so anyway, apparently it's going back and Peter's, uh, you know, attorney is arguing. It's just, it's just amazing how one picture, the monkey pulls it up, takes a picture of himself. The question is, is that picture worth that much? Right. I mean, it's yeah, a is it picture. worth how much has been spent on it? Right. It's it's been it's been sent all over the world. You know, on uh, did, did on he Facebook only take the first time? Did he only take one picture? Uh, did yeah, he, did he take multiple shots and and did he chimp in between them? You're on fire. <laughs> you know, because he's a legal, monkey. Legal he's cases chimp. like this, Jeffrey, sometimes get a little hairy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, I just thought uh, a little a little update on that old thing, uh, that old just a, chestnut, a, a little a little monkey business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Kenneth, <laughs> listener Kenneth, wrote in the other day with what I think is a kind of interesting question. Sure, uh, fan of the show, but if I had the answer to that, Kenneth, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I'd, go get, I'd go get it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenneth has, has put together, a a, a a set of images. He has an exhibition set up, but it's going to cost about in his estimation, about $10,000 to get the prints made for the exhibition. Uh, and he's saying, how do you acquire financial backing for this? Is, is there grants? Is it self-funded? Do people need to save, you know, and, and do that that way? Um, or, is is he wrong to even be trying to put out a show? Well, you know, first response from and and maybe this is ignorant on my part, but ten grand seems like an awful lot of money to get printing done uh, for a I, first show. I agree, and I was going to bring that up. Yeah, um, I mean that that really does seem like a ton of money. How big are these prints? Who are you getting made by? Um, I mean, for ten grand, you could buy an Epson twenty four inch printer, a bunch of Red River paper. And print beautiful prints yourself. Yeah, for three grand, you could do that. So you know? uh, it seems like a lot of money, Kenneth. Yeah. Frankly, 
It does. I mean, the, the only question I would have is even how big these prints are. I um, did years ago, I did a, a, a big show of, I think, 25 of my Drabbles, and they were 20 by 30 inch prints. I spent, I think each print cost me, were they $11 a piece? Something what, like from that. from like Elko or something. Yeah, from Elko. Well, let, let, I mean, so let's I say mean, that, right there, that's three hundred dollars worth of prints. You know, I mean, let's okay, make it ten times that. Let's say you spend three thousand times that. Yeah. So a hundred dollars a print. Yeah. You know, unless you're mounting like that Paul Strand show we all saw in Philly, where there's two hundred photographs. Yeah, how many prints are you making? It just seems like a lot for a first show. And and the only the only other thing that I mean, framing costs a lot of money, especially if you're having somebody and maybe, else maybe do that's the framing. In, is that is that including framing, Kenneth, or is that just print cost? Or are you including printing framing in there? Because that that can add up. Yeah, sure. And and the other thing I would say, although though, if you I mean, go to Michael's, you can sometimes use a coupon, uh, as Jeffrey has done before. Um, <laughs> you know, if you, if you print it someplace like Elko, it's like, okay, well that's fairly cheap. Or even Adorama, it's similar kind of prices. Assuming you're not making 60 by 80 inch prints. Um, you can go to a place like uh frame destination, which is down, uh, in, uh, in Dallas where I get lots of my frames made and you know, they're using, what is the company Jeffrey that makes the framing the frame edges, you know, the molding, the fancy two-word company that makes the oh, molding. Oh, uh, I'm looking it up. As, I know as who as you're thinking about, and I'm, N- I'm Nielsen? sorry. No. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm blanking on I know who you're talking about. I can see the things in my mind. Okay. So there's a number of companies that make the edging anyway for listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, there's these people sell like high end stuff and you tell them exactly what size you want the thing, what exactly what size you want the mat, which glass you want. Yes. And if you go for double mats at this thickness with three cuts and museum quality glass with UV filtering and like, yes, they get really, really expensive. But mm-hmm. you know what? These things are not going to be up on the wall that long. And you know what? Maybe you don't need to frame them. There's lots of people who hang things with binder clips on hooks. You know what I mean? Or or straight to the wall, or uh, mat them onto uh, uh, pieces of wood or metal, you know, like like a spray mount them, rather. Um, there's there's lots of ingenious ways to to hang prints that don't involve spending thousands and thousands of dollars on frames. Now, assuming that he is doing the show of the century and it's actually going to cost him $10,000, Jeffrey, is, is it crazy? Like, what do you do? I guess... The answer to most people is they either have somebody who who helps pay for that. I know a, a a famous photographer I've known for years and years who used to tell me he used to get corporate sponsorship for a lot of his shows, and it was mm-hmm. all about schmoozing corporate people, saying this is an important project. You know, you IBM should want your name attached to this thing about people in this way or whatever. You know, right? So right. there's and and that's about having the right connections and making the right points in the room with those guys and having them cut a check for 25 grand to pay for your exhibition. Would, would the print company uh, maybe give you a break on the printing cost in exchange for uh, some branding or a mention? Because if the, if, the, if the show is successful, they're going to get more business out of it, printing your, more of your work. Yeah. yeah so yeah, is, yeah, there, yeah. is there a way to, to maybe you know, do kind of a, almost like a rev share um, yeah, could be between you. Yeah, and it's. I mean, and then the question is: Are you selling these these prints? 
it, I mean, do you actually, I mean, how do I put this? Do are they, ex- dis- are they for display or, or, or for sale? Right. And even if they are for sale, do you actually expect to sell them? Cause there's a lot of times you print a bunch of stuff for a show and myself and other people have not sold as many as we thought we'd sell or it just covers, you know, the, the costs and doesn't end up paying for everything or you lose money or you make money. I mean, if people are coming in saying, oh, we're definitely going to buy these, then maybe that $10,000 is an investment and you put it on your credit card because you know you're going to pay it off. Right. Um, I will say he's, he's got some, some really cool stuff up on his site. It's mm-hmm. uh, stuckshutter.com. There you go. Um, the question of, I mean, are there, is, is there grant stuff? I'm sure there is, but God, I, I think no typically you is. have to have something to say, not just, I want to put up some photographs. I mean, yeah. I, and that stuff that really does a, become a, political a as much as anything, you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows a little something about grants? Uh, the monkey. <laughs> well, oh. well, sort of fielding. Oh, fielding does know about grants. That's true. <laughs> that monkey. Yeah. But, the, <laughs> but even that is, uh, I mean, all, all that sort of, every, all the grant stuff is very specific to, you know, very specific industries and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it gets, it's complicated. Right. And, and from, from what I have gleaned from talking to her is the grant thing can take a while to come to fruition. Yeah. And you're, don't forget, even to get the grant, you're spending a lot of time and or money to get the grant in the first place. And that may offset the money you get from the grant. You know, I mean, you may spend $4,000 getting the 10000 or $15,000 from the grant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting whenever we go, you and I, or, or, or we go to shows where some famous photographer or artist that we've wanted to see a lot of these uh, retrospective shows will have the letter that they sent to the Carnegie foundation to get the grant that, right, you know, allowed right. them yeah, and it's some of the just, around it. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it's just like two pages of typewritten drivel, you know, just artistic nonsense, you know, to get them to, to, to give the thing over. And like, maybe that's how it used to work, but now it's, you know, you're fighting a lot of people. The internet world has, has multiplied all that kind of stuff in many ways. Um, I think, could you, Kenneth, could you alter the way that you are presenting them? I mean, do you, what size and stuff? Well, sizes or materials. Could you, could you print them on aluminum? For example, do, do, does, does the work fit that now you're, you're eliminating the need to have it framed and they're, they're cost more for the print, but it'll cost less to overall. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. And a lot of these photographs, the colors in these are beautiful and they would, I think they would really pop on, on, you know, aluminum or, or, uh, you know, where they, where they do kind of a resin coating over them. So they've, they've got this, this really beautiful gloss to them. Seems to me that they can, they can, print stuff on anything nowadays. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. It's Seems like, like it. the big thing. We're printing on wood. We're printing on aluminum. We're printing on your baby's butt. You know, <laughs> like what, how are you printing? Wow. What are you guys using for this? What? Hold still. <laughs> Hold still. <laughs> Remember uh, cabbage patch dolls used to have a signature of, of the designer of the dolls, like on the baby's butt. Did you ever know that I, on the I, dolls? I can say with a great oh, you degree didn't have of a honesty sister. that I never looked at a cabbage patch doll or yeah. the butt of the I, I do patch believe doll. Uh, they were designed by a guy named Xavier Roberts, and each one had a signature on, uh, on its butt. And I always thought that was really weird, like a little baby <laughs> tramp stamp. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's kind of disturbing. Yeah, now I'm getting, now I'm gonna have to look up. Uh, oh, oh, so Xavier that means, Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Bill, somewhere in your Google search history will be signature baby's butt. 
yeah, well, it's it is now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna put a little link to Xavier Roberts. Here. Oh, would you please? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was like a much fancier guy. It's like some dude down in Texas. No, Cleveland, Georgia. Great. Or Texas. Or Texas. Uh, you know, in 1984 alone, 20 million of those dolls were bought. Wow. That's a lot. By 1999, 95 million. What sold more, Cabbage Patch dolls or Beanie Babies? Oh, I'm sure that Beanie was a big Babies. Because they were smaller, right? Yeah. The interesting thing about Cabbage Patch dolls, do you remember when those were like the big, the big thing? I don't. I don't. Okay. Uh, Again, it was like no sister. So right. Okay. Really so really no reason. You know, ask me about G.I. Joe or, you know, Big Jim. That was another one. Or the $6 million man. The, the, right, the, right, right, the, right, right, right. That action figure, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, this, well, this is also a little bit later. So in 83, you were how old? How's that uh, work out today? 83, I was a uh, sophomore in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you were a little too old. So. Uh, my sister wanted one of these things and my father's record store in Trumbull, Connecticut was right next to the KB toy and hobby. Oh, sure. So my father, like every mall in America for a while, right? So my father was friends with all the managers at the KB toy and hobby next door. So whenever, whatever the new toy was that year, whether it was cabbage patch dolls or an Atari 2600 or whatever, what have you, um, we would all like me and my sister would always be able to get the thing that was ungettable just because my father could, you know, schmooze with the, with the manager next door. It was like this weird little perk of having a store next to the KB toy and hobby. You could have gotten stretch Armstrong before anybody. Yeah. (laughs) Was he hard to get by the time I was a kid? I don't know. (laughs) With its goo inside. What did we With its its blue goo. Like (laughs) it looks like transmission fluid. I'm telling you. It's weird. All right. Anything else to say about Kenneth and his funding? Uh, no, good luck, Kenneth. Kenneth, uh, is, Kenneth is now, you know, funded with advice. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a very similar issue to, to this book books. thing yep. and, and getting, getting funding for that. I mean, we are, we are in a position where, you know, were we to self publish, we can do that. Sure. But if, if you, if you aren't, then that presents a very interesting problem because yeah. you, you you know, these things cost money and, what, and go ahead. What is the old movie adage? You know, n- never, never spend your own money. You is know, that the a movie whole, adage? Yeah. It's like movie makers, like, you know, like never it, get high on your own supply. Yeah. I think it's is actually, it like that. I, I think it's actually related to that one. Um, <laughs> I think that it is. No, there's this idea. Which I don't, the, I'm just saying, I don't, you know, Tom Cruise could fund his own films. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure. But he doesn't, he gets funders to do it. The whole idea that it, you know, that basically never risk your own money. Yeah. And I think in some ways, a smaller version of that would be, yes, you could spend five grand making a few hundred books for yourself that are at the level that you want them to be. And you'd probably sell them and you'd probably make the money back and, and what have you. But there is a risk there. You're putting yourself sure. on the line that you're going to sure. have boxes of your books down in the basement or whatever, right? Well, and, and that's where things like Indiegogo or Kickstarter are such a terrific, or can be such right. a terrific source. Um, Remember when we talked about Zach Braff trying to raise money for his new movie and we yep, were like, can't yep. Zach Braff get real people to fund his movie instead but of all the people? it takes so much money. I mean, look look at any big movie that comes out. You're going to sit through so-and-so and so-and-so and such-and-such such a studio and so-and-so <laughs> yeah. and so-and-so present a so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so <laughs> film. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and then there's yeah. still product placement throughout. There's still, you know, like spicy nacho Doritos or, you know, whatever throughout the film. Yeah. 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 
because it costs a ton of money. I mean, you, you got to remember. Or with, there's also the idea of not leaving money on the table. If, yeah, sure. If Pepsi's sure. willing to, by the way, when we watched Terminator 2 a couple weeks ago, Pepsi yeah. is everywhere. There's a oh, Pepsi sure. machine in the hallway when like when Arnold first comes in yeah. to, you know, get the, there's uh, the guy who is in between him and the T2000 is holding a Pepsi can. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, if you, if you have not seen it yet and I, I am getting more and more optimistic the more I see about it, but the second Blade Runner trailer for Blade Runner 2049 has been released. And not only is it gorgeous, it is absolutely stunning looking, but there, there, there's just like, you know, in the first Blade Runner, you had TDK. That was a big product placement in the neon of, of right, Los right, Angeles. Right. In this one, they've got the big Atari logo and the big Atari sign in, in, uh, the 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 as as kind of a set piece in los angeles right 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 right. so it's right. interesting to see how these things are being used yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be yeah it's gonna i mean i'm famously not a huge fan of blade runner so i guess i'll have to see if this one's good to see but i know Come you're on. i don't know what it is man it's just like I'm there's so something excited. about it that's just like okay i'm more excited about the new blade runner than i am about the next star wars and i'm a huge star wars fan uh, see, yeah, I'd definitely go the other direction there. Yeah. Hey, you know, I watched, uh, this is neither here nor there, but I watched that Ron Howard documentary on the Beatles touring years. Did you know, right. you know that one? eight days a week? I guess it was called. I have, I have heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, go ahead. Uh, if you're a Beatles fan, I would say, uh, you know, go see it. Cause it was actually, uh, it was pretty fascinating. Uh, the way they put things together. And it's been long enough that the people involved and mostly the people involved being Paul McCartney and Ringo that they can still do new interviews with. Sure. It's far enough away now that they can talk about it as if it's from an objective truth as opposed to any sort of emotional point of view. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting having them talk about their early years and how awful it was for them on tour and how they ended up together in one of their bathrooms every once in a while, just because it was the only place to get away from everyone. And the four of them could just talk and be together without anybody else around. And, you know, right. these really interesting things. And one thing they, the one little anecdote they told was apparently in the American South in the early 1960s, there were still segregated stadiums or uh, theaters and stuff that they were playing. Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And the Beatles apparently at the time and all the way through to the end, um, always worked on a unanimous decision. There were four votes in the Beatles and they, everyone got the vote and they only did stuff when all four of them decided on it. So That's they just, sad. they wanted, they wanted a writer in their contract that said, if it's a segregated place, they had the right not to play basically mm. to force the people to desegregate their shows. Right. And it worked. But the fact that they were able to do that because it was a united front of, no, the four of us are not going on stage unless you change this. And I just thought that was a really interesting way of doing a, a, a group, both from a business point of view and from a, it wasn't a majority rules kind of thing. It was a, no, we're all in or we're all out. I just well, at that, that was, point anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I, I just thought it was uh, really nice. So anyway. It's, it's on my list. Um, I, I do want to see it because I, I do, I do dig the Beatles. Yeah, um, it was, it was fun. It makes me want to watch and read more about the Beatles. Although, uh, I was trying to find my sister asked me if, if I knew of a single Beatles bio book that was like the one to read, you know, if I just want right. to read one 400 page book about the Beatles, like what do I read? Yeah. I saw you posted something about it. Yeah. And of course 
my Beatles nerd friends give me, well, yes, there's the one you could read. Or you could read these six. And I was like, no, right. I asked you for Just one Just give me one. Book. One title. And none of them could give me one book. Every single person who commented gave me more than one book. And I nice. was just like, this is the problem with fans in general of anything, right? They could never come down on, this is the truth. Anyway, interesting. There is another, uh, another doc you should watch. Uh, I watched it over the weekend called The Art Life. Uh, it's David Lynch. Oh, okay. Fascinating look at him. He talks a lot about his childhood. Uh, but what, what I found even more interesting than, than his film career is a lot of the footage is, is sort of B-roll of him working on art at his home in Los Angeles. Oh, interesting. And then he's narrating kind of over the top of it, but it's just him working on paintings, working on sculptures, working on creating, making, making, creating all of this stuff, always going, always going, always going. And then he talks about some of the things that influenced him and some of the, uh, the sort of strange stories that stuck with him since childhood. You know, there, there's the, the, the famous story that Morrison told about, uh, the accident that they saw on the road with the Indians bleeding and, and, and that whole thing. Uh, Lynch tells a story of him being, I think he said he was like seven or eight years old and his father was calling for him to come in and his brothers to come in for the night. And he, he, he saw this, this woman walking in the street in their neighborhood and she was completely nude and, and her face was bloody for some reason. And he, he, he talks about just kind of going in and out of this memory um, and wanting to understand and wanting to help her and, and not really understanding what was going on. And it, it was fascinating because you, you, could, you could see almost where some of the surreal imagery that he puts into his films and in his paintings comes from based on his childhood. Sure. You know, that, that he's holding on to or still trying to work through some issues from his childhood that manifest in his art, both on film and on canvas. And it's just, a, it's a fascinating portrayal of him. All right, he I'm seems like just such an interesting cat. Did you buy it somewhere? Or is it no, it's somewhere? on, uh, it's on Netflix right now. Okay. I'll have to, it's I'll called have to The it Art Life, uh, uh, David Lynch. <laughs> I ended up, uh, yeah, well, nothing. It's, I'll tell you later. I was watching right. a, I was watching a kid's show this weekend that was actually really really cute called Gravity Falls. Yeah, I, I it's I, adorable. Uh, okay, but here's the thing: unless you're like a nine year old girl, don't yeah. don't tweet adorbs. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. I, you well, can I, barely you can I barely get away with totes. Boy. All right, so it's just it's just settle down, Jeffrey. It's totes adorbs. Oh, if people from your generation can't handle people from my generation saying adorbs. Oh my god. <laughs> uh Lord okay. help me. Let, let me let me ask you a question on this one. Yeah. Uh I there was a Washington Post article thing that I saw yesterday. It was talking about whether people can tell whether a photo has been doctored or not. Yep. I took it, this. How'd you do? 5 out of 5. 5 out of 5. Interesting. I wasn't looking for the kinds of details it turned out they were adding or subtracting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was just looking at it like, Oh, it wasn't like, Oh, that weird little thing in the background. They changed that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you 
you know, these things aren't big enough for me to notice weird little things in the background, you know. Yeah, but look at some like especially like number three look at the yeah the pipe the, is ridiculous i the wasn't pipe even is ridiculous there's no ripple around right, where right, the right. water's hitting my things. eye didn't even get down there i was just like i didn't even look at that i was looking at the girl and the trees and i was like oh i don't see anything you know um right. but it does go to show you even bad badly added and, and edited stuff can get by people you know what what did what are the uh 60 of only 60 percent of participants could still could pick out the manipulated photos of those right. only 45 could pinpoint what had been altered. Um, I just thought it, it's, I think it's an interesting, Oh God, as things go forward with all the political stuff and the fake news and the blah, 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 the, the idea, there was that crazy thing, the Obama video thing that they did last week. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the fact that they could basically create a photorealistic version of somebody saying whatever they want them to say. And it's only going to get better, you know, or worse as the case may be. Yeah. 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 They're only going to get better at it. And that's only going to be worse for the world. I mean, the idea of truth and facts being malleable, the whole point of photography originally was, oh, we have a photograph of this. Therefore it happened. Now, of course, people faked stuff and made stuff up over the years and people would find them out. Right. But you know, what, what was the, what was the fake it book or Faking it, faking it. Uh, photography before Photoshop. Fantastic right. book. Right. I have it sitting on the shelf behind me. It's a terrific book. Right. Of course, that is that occurred and that was true, but it wasn't like you were looking at most news photographs, wondering whether or not the guy with the gun was placed in there or not. No, but, but in it, many it could of these cases, there, you know, you need to look at it through through the lens. No pun of yep. of the era. You know, yeah. in, in, we've talked about the, that first. The first motion picture that showed a train rushing toward the audience, the audience jumped run. out of the way because yeah. they they were terrified. They didn't they had never seen it. Yeah. And in the same way that that some of the composite work uh, or composite, if you're from Canada, of uh, of William Notman to that Victorian eye was seamless. It was brilliant. It was absolutely believable. We look at it and go, meh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I I, I watched uh, the Wrath of Khan over the weekend and. You know, there were there were so many effects shots in that movie where you're like, Ugh. you look at them now and you're like, oh, my God, I could do better in Final Cut with with, you know, uh, my iPhone. But yeah. at the time, whatever it was, 1984, 83, you know, for for what we were used to seeing, it was terrific. Right, right, right. You know, and we have gotten more savvy and and are now able to recognize. And I think we also approach some things with with a greater degree of skepticism that if it looks unbelievable it probably is sure in some way. but if it's plausible and it looks believable that's where the problems occur mm -hmm. was that guy actually talking to that other guy well he is in this photo right well, maybe he was talking to that guy you know it gets scary yeah right. um yeah the, i mean everything is becoming propaganda exactly yes yep yep and i yeah, i just uh, that makes me really anxious yeah. Um, uh, I just pasted a link to that faking it book into Skype. If you want to include that in the show notes, if you guys want to pick this up, it's a, it's a really terrific book and it, it, it kind of traces the history of photo manipulation from way back when early, early days to, uh, to, yep. you know, how, how far we've come now. I will add it to Although the... somebody, somebody wrote a two-star review on Amazon and called it boring. 
<laughs> Not what I expected. Well, I'm a digital person and everything seemed old fashioned and was a li of little interest to me. Well, it's the title <laughs> it's a book of the about book the is history. called Manipulated Photography Before Photoshop, you <laughs> dolt. Why uh, did you buy it? So <laughs> sometimes uh, it's amazing, right? Sometimes the, the... This didn't cover any digital media. Yeah, oh, I wanted really? to learn how to use Photoshop and this book oh, says... Oh, God. Yeah. These kids these days, Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey, pretty soon you'll be able to get to say kids these days and mean it. I know it. I know, I'm very excited. That might actually be the best part about turning 50. No, 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 no. The best part about turning 50? AARP membership. Ice cream cake. Oh. <laughs> you, you like ice cream cake. I love ice cream cake. Yeah. And I have many books on my list. Uh, Andy Adams just got that five-volume uh, Steidel Gordon Parks edition, and it looks fabulous. Ooh. It looks amazing. God, all these, so many books nowadays, you know? I know. And so many of these guys and gals who, in their time, never made any money on their stuff and are now considered heroes of their art form. <coughs> Van Gogh. <coughs> yeah. But I mean, but I mean, even more so a lot of these photographers, you know? Yeah, recent. A lot of these guys so who worked for some, you know, newspaper in the 60s and shot all these pictures of the civil rights movement. And now there's there's you know full shows of all their work on the walls and things in the lens blog or whatever and at the time they were making fifty dollars you know right or whatever right. a week um yeah it's kind yeah, of sad the, it, it, it's and it well the the beauty of it is at least for for people like you and me who who really do like you know photo books and kind of going back is a lot of this work is now coming out and and being put into volumes i'll never be able to afford a gordon parks print uh, but you know, I, well, maybe, I, maybe I could, but I wouldn't want to, but I can go buy this five volume set for a hundred dollars, or I can go buy, you know, Gordon Parks, I am you, which is a, another terrific, uh, selection of some of his black and white and color work for $34 or something, $35 and have right, right, this, right. this, this volume of reference and inspiration. And that's, I mean, that, that, that's one of the things that I think is so terrific about this resurgence and interest in uh in you know older photographers and and different artists um and i think to to their credit publishers are realizing that that there is a market for well designed well produced well printed uh projects that don't cost an arm and a leg right you know, right there's, right, right. there's a, a a de kooning book that that uh was was curated by one of the uh or written by one of the curators at the Hirshhorn. That's it's beautiful design, beautiful typography, and and you know they did a slip covered edition, and and you know they they just they're producing really terrific projects that are that are affordable, and and that inspiration that comes from it is is you know invaluable, really. Yeah, the when I was out in San Francisco in April, I guess it was, there was a Matisse Diebenkorn show that I think I talked about a little yep, bit on the yep, show. Yep, yep, and um. They produced a book for it and I didn't buy the book just because uh, I didn't have the money at the time or I didn't think about it or whatever. And now the cheap ones are $165, you know, on, on right. used on Amazon because that's, you. there's no more new ones. And it's like, right. Don't. right. In fact, I should look around. Maybe it's somewhere else. You, Where else do you go other than Amazon to find a book? Um, there's a, there's a terrific uh, bookstore in DC down in DuPont Circle called, oh gosh. Is it second story? Um, DC. And will they have stuff that you couldn't find elsewhere? 
they had an original copy of In the American West for $300. Ah. In, in, in one of their cases that was absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful books. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Second Story. That's what it's called. Second Story Books and Antiques. They have a lot of terrific uh, art and photo books. And they are, you know, if it's not something like in the American West, which is, is you know, not only sought after, but out of print, uh, they're pretty reasonable. Hey, interestingly enough, the SF MoMA Museum store has it for 49 bucks. Boom. Okay. Uh, put a link in the show notes. Put a link. Yeah, let's send me a link because I think that is a reprint. Is it? Uh, I'm talking about the Demon Corn one. The, the, oh, the Demon Corn. Okay, I thought yeah. you meant in the American West. <clears throat> no, 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 no. The the one I was looking for. Sorry, I was looking for it while I while you were telling me about the Avedon, yeah. Avishman, Avedon, Avishman. I, I love you know. I love me some Avedon. Uh, uh, you know, two twenty, two twenty one, whatever it takes. Right. Um. <laughs> all right. Last thing before we get on to some uh, uh some other stuff is the <laughs> what do you okay? Apparently. The the some of the Jenner family kids were selling T-shirts on their website, including some old stock T-shirts of Tupac and some other people and Biggie and and Dark Side of the Moon logo and stuff. And they Wait, were I don't, I don't understand. They were they were printing them and selling them, I or think they were selling they their did, own T-shirts. I think they were selling T-shirts. And for, I can't tell if it's if it's I, from what I understand they were basically taking old stock ones and then printing over the top of them with themselves. So it was sort of like this merged version of them and the person underneath. And wait, so they basically were. Here's a picture oh, of okay here Tupac. Yeah, in fact, one of them has a. So a it's picture. a picture of Kim Kardashian overprinted on a, a Biggie shirt. Yes. Dumb. <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't know why anybody would want to do this, but this was the thing that they sold, right? Well, because they're uh, money-grubbing, you know, fame right. mongers. Right, right, right. But the thing I found interesting about this article, apparently the guy was suing, and, and uh, somebody who sent this into us? Somebody sent it into us. I'll, f- I'll find it. Um, the, the interesting thing about it was that there's, he's suing not just for the fact that you're using my image without permission, but also that I'm suing because I don't want my images associated with you. Right. <laughs> nice. Like you're awful people and I you're, just don't dig You're you. defaming me by right. using my images and my work, uh, which I thought is, is interesting and it probably will go nowhere. But I just like the idea that somebody's that disgusted by somebody that. They're, they're oh, so here's like, a here's a shot of Kyle, Kyle, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Okay. Silk screened over the top of. Tupac. How good does it look? Does it look amazing? It's awful. No, it's awful. It's, it's, <laughs> first of all, it's shit design. Here. Yeah. No, it's terrible. There. There you go. Oh, okay. I, yeah. That's, yeah. That's another one. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. This not is what counts words. for art nowadays, Jeffrey. No, no, it's yep. not. It's, no. it's art. No, it's product. No, it's no, product. Jeffrey, it's, it's art. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, it's a crazy world we live in, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think that. It's a little sad. A little sad. It's a lot sad. Um, they they're, they want to be famous for the sake of being famous. That's it. Yes. Well, show was Zsa Zsa Gabor, they, they, right? They, 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 yeah, but at least at least she, you know, was on Green Acres. 
<laughs> because it's the place to be. They're on uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. They, it's such circular logic, right? Like ultimately, other people, oh, that guy or gal who's a who's a actor or writer, they're famous for this thing, and now they're just famous because they're whatever. But originally, they were famous because they did something. They're the son of somebody or something. I guess, or they did a porn video, or, or they did they a porn did, video, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's just weird. It's just very strange to me. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's it's a it's a it is not a brave new world. It's a it's a frightening new world. Um, fame and. And power are two things that I don't quite understand. It's whenever somebody talks in a superhero movie, like I'm now I can take over the world. It's like, okay, what 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 is that going to get you? Like you seems like a lot. If you're already a fairly rich (laughs) bad guy, right? Like there's only so many women you can have sex with, and all the food you can eat, and the houses you can whatever. Like, what are you going to get by controlling the other half of the world that you don't have from controlling this half of the world? You know. This is the same problem I have with Game of Thrones. I was like, you already have a giant castle and a whole world full of stuff. Like, who cares what they're doing up north or down south or whatever? Like, Yeah, I don't watch that, so I don't know. But I well, wouldn't mind having a dragon. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, yeah, the dragons are uh, very well done. You never watched I, Game of Thrones or you know? I watched a few episodes of the first season and I was like, meh, meh. Yeah, okay. it gets pretty deep. There's a there's an episode last year of this battle that I think might be the best sort of medieval level battle that I've ever seen filmed huh. for anything. It was, huh. it was incredible. I think this one episode cost like a hundred million dollars or something like that. It was some, it, I think it was the most expensive. No. Cause the, the, the crown was the most expensive show ever. I think this episode might've been the most expensive episode of TV. Ever. Single episode. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. It was like thousands of extras and you know, yeah. it was, it was impressive. Um, yeah. I say we talk about today's sponsor. We have an old sponsor I've, that's back, Jeffrey. I've heard about them. I, I'm still waiting for my bed. But, I want a bed uh, too. I, I Yeah. Come on, Casper. Conrad and I have actually been discussing uh, uh, getting one of these beds. Come across with some product, man. Uh, I will tell you, my, my friend Mark in California just got a Casper mattress last week. And? I, I, well, I don't know because he, I haven't talked to him. I talked to him when he, when he just got it and he had taken it out of the the box he said oh, so it's surprisingly it's, heavy for, well, for what it was he, he was surprised it's in that box yeah it's like 90 something pounds for the one for the mattress and then he got the base with it as well okay there's like sure. a, a a specific uh uh hard-sided box spring that you that, oh like that you can buy it's just a it's basically a platform you know like a right 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 right, right 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 uh but uh i do know people who have had them i you know yeah, the the Brits have one, and I slept on it one night. It was actually quite nice. I have to, yeah. I give them. There are, I give it you props. know, there are a lot of these things now, I, I, and I think Casper was like the first one that really yeah. caught caught my attention by name, anyway, well, as when, a brand. When a good idea, Jeffrey, happens, you know, everyone there's there's always uh, people who you know follow on, yeah. like uh, Kylie Jenner and Biggie. They're that, like that Biggie guy's going somewhere. Idea. I think I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today's show is sponsored by Casper Beds. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning surface, sleep surface was developed in-house, has sleek design, and it's delivered in a small, how do they do that, sized box. In addition to the is mattress- it, Does it really say that? A small, how do they do that? 
Yeah. How did they do that? They, they roll it up, right? Don't they use like a vacuum, like a like one of those, yeah. like a big industrial so, strength food saver? Well, because it's foam. Yeah. They just like sucking just, all of the air out of it, right? Yeah. 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 In addition and then to you, the, you unpack it, it's all and it sucks back out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in addition to the mattress, Casper has a uh, Casper also offers adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. What's an adaptive pillow, Bill? Well, it, I think it forms to your head. Huh. You know, because it's, it's the memory foam. Oh, so it's the same material. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a memory foam for your melon. Yeah, memory foam for your melon. They they can run they can run with that. Uh, the mattress memory industry melon. is forced melon foam, <laughs> melon melon ball, the- melon <laughs> what <laughs> pillow. Uh, the mattress industry has forced consumers to pay notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms, passing that savings directly onto the customer. And then you think, man, how the hell do I know if I like this mattress if, if I can't try it at home? Well, you know what? You can try it at home, Jeffrey. Yeah. Uh, it, it, in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing this, uh, developing the Casper mattress. It combines supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink, just the right bounce. Plus, it's breathable design, sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature throughout the night. And buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on it. I wonder, wow. can you use this? Can you use it like with a slat, like a slat frame, or do you have to buy their own? No, their, you can. I think you can use it with anything. Yeah, I have a I have a slat frame on my bed, and my and the Brits had one too. Yeah, uh, so it's you know great stuff. It's obsessively engineered, shockingly fair pl- price. Combines uh, the memory foam with award winning sleep service that's just the right sink, just the right bounce. Over twenty thousand reviews, average of four point eight stars. It's quickly become the internet's favorite mattress. Uh, and uh, free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. Try it for 100 nights free in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up, refund you everything. And it's designed, developed, and assembled in the USA, Jeffrey. Uh, get $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash OTP using the code OTP. Terms and conditions apply. So thank you so much to Casper for supporting 5 by 5 and our great show of On Taking Pictures. Uh, yeah, I got to hmm. get me one of those. We got to get us one of those. Yeah. We're going to make that happen. Yeah. Um, where do you want to go? Arrives in Bach. I'm, re- I'm reading about this. I'm reading. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, so I'm, I, I got to tell you this. You, you will appreciate this as, as a, a co-fan of the funk. Uh, we got the funk. Right. So I, I'm, I'm dropping fielding off at the train today and I'm listening to. Uh, and dropping the, beats at the same time. I'm dropping Adrian and dropping beats. Yes. Uh, And I'm listening to the, like the funk station on XM and they play, first of all, they they play the Ohio players, right? Mm -hmm. Sticky sweat thing or sticky sweet thing. (laughs) Right. Yep. And they go from that into funkadelic one nation under a groove. Ah, it was just such a great segue. Yeah. It was so great. It was like, I was just, I was so happy when I got out of the truck. I was just like, oh yeah, this is going to be a good day. And then of course my headphones fell apart. So I'm right back down in the mud. (laughs) Thanks, Kef. So easily swayed by outside influences. It really is a problem. Really is a problem. (laughs) Uh, You need to be more stoic. I need to be more stoic. I don't, you know, I have to write this down. I think that's the first time anyone has ever said that. Well, stoicism is all about, you know, 
thinking about even the even the even worse things that could happen so that you're unfazed by anything I do that think about the you. worst things that can happen I'm not unfortunately they by happen them. to me right. <laughs> headphones <laughs> stupid <laughs> um, uh, yeah hey uh, another thing I, I, I you know when you get like little unexpected things I, I got a I got a text yesterday mm-hmm. from one of my oldest friends in the world who is a, uh, a film producer director uh, and a terrific writer, as a matter of fact, his, his uh, a script that he had written just won some award at the at the Producers Guild, uh, but said, hey, I'm going to be in D.C. I've got to shoot. It's quick, but I'm going to be in D.C. Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Can we get together? And I, I have been missing him so much because I haven't seen him since I've been here. And, and we only got a little bit of time before I came here. And it was just it was such a neat thing. I. I got a little emotional reading the text because I was so happy that he was, that he was going to be here and, and uh, um, we're going to get to have dinner this week. So it's kind of cool when things like that happen. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, uh, you have to take advantage of those things when you can. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, oftentimes I don't. Um, and I, I end up not regretting it later, but I end up kind of, you know, hmm. what regretting it later. Is that what that hmm was? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. I do regret it later, or just wishing that I had I had acted a little differently. But I will tell you that the, the, I I honestly believe this, Bill. That the second half of my life is is going to be so much more interesting and so much more um, happy than the first half. Good. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea of uh, change is an interesting subject. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and all that it sort of begets, whether that's new relationships or new work or, uh, you know, whatever it is. I mean, we were, we were taking a walk yesterday and, you know, just a few minutes walk. I posted this picture on Instagram, just a few minutes walk from our front door is this little pond and there are cattails, you know, around the rim and there, you know, blue heron lives there and, and there are turtles and frogs and, and it's just this neat little area and, and it's surrounded by these, you know, trees that are a hundred feet tall. And you're like, man, yeah. this is pretty good. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I'm, and I'm able to see that, that's, that this is pretty good. That's, I think one of the big differences is, is when you can take a step back from yourself and 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 see kind of what's going on. Well, I think that I think that is a something of a maturity thing, isn't it? Uh, I hope so. Like a just this level of oh yeah, it's it's the little you know the 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 uh, the famous little things that that people yeah. uh, discuss when you're younger and you're like I don't know little things my but I just want to, you know and then you go and you go, oh this is this is a really nice cup of water I'm drinking here on the shore of this mm-hmm. thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, sometimes it's just those things. Yeah. Um, let's go uh, take a look at the assignments and see what kind of little things these people came up with. Actually last week was complex. So, <laughs> so much. For <laughs> little <things. laughs> right. Right. Uh, some really terrific photographs. Um, I know this is not part of the assignment, but, but bury your, your neighbor's picture in there. I, I love the composition of that with the bar and the restaurant. You see that the St. Uh, Andrew's I'll, sign. I'll, I'll go find it. It's not, it's just in the root of the group, not in oh, the, okay. uh, Oh, that um, one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice one. 
Yeah, uh, and Connors, John Connors, uh, a view from inside the Lincoln Memorial at at sunrise, looking out at the at the Washington Monument. That's a beautiful shot, John. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been there when it's when it's been? I, I've never been to that monument yet when it's been that empty. Um, I have been there at night when it was pretty empty. Um, mm. but I've never been there in the really early morning. I mean, the interesting thing about there is how here. far it is to get there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not it, the problem with the Lincoln Memorial. It's not near anything. Yeah. It's know? well, it Jefferson's even further, you know, yeah, you got to go yeah, all the yeah, way yeah. around the basin, but yeah. Uh, so complex was, uh, uh, the last one, Ken Larman, nice composition with a sign that even reads complex. I know. I like that one. Right. Pretty funny. Yeah. 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 Let me pull this up. Uh, yeah, the uh, complex one, the Nick Govis's pictures in Berlin. Oof. Yep, yep. Uh, he's all over the place. He's like traveling like a madman right he's now. A, he's a he's a world traveler. Jen LaChapelle. Look at okay. Ben's. Oh, Jen's LaChapelle, La like right up my alley, right there. Yeah, yeah. Kennedy Space Center. Walker. Come on. Uh, what, what, I think what, those what things were the ori- the origin of the ad at. That's what my that's what my view is like. These at, big at least hulking. at least the uh, the Jawas, the sand crawler that the yeah, Jawas yeah, yeah, used. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Ellis's picture of the uh, boxer from between oh, yeah. the other boxers. Underneath, legs. Yeah, that's a great oh, POV. Terrific, that's terrifying. POV. Yeah. Uh, you do you like the uh, Korean memorial? Uh, you know, with the just with like the, kind of the ghost soldiers, like yeah, walking yeah, yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I at the risk of of you know, pissing some people off. I like it more than I like the Vietnam Memorial. Interesting. Okay. I mean, it, I, it, it is, it is far less conceptual than the Vietnam Memorial, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Vietnam Memorial is interesting to me, but you, I, I think you only, you only get the impact of it for, for me anyway, you have to look at it two ways. You have to look at it from a distance and you have to walk it close up. Wait, which one is, which one are you referring to? Vietnam. Right? Okay. Vietnam. Yeah. 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 Because it is so massive and there are so many names there. I think that the, the Vietnam Memorial is a more impactful memorial for me, okay. but I, I like the sort of, uh, you know, soldiers walking through the bush, uh, approach that, that the other one, I, I kind of sure. like that. Okay. Wow. Larry Shapiro's picture of the ink floating in water. That's oh, really that's cool. That's right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. It Look looks like that. a Twombly piece. It's terrific. Yeah. That's really good. Nice work. Uh, Larry, a series of those. Yeah, those are great, Larry. Uh, maybe with a little BTS, a little how-to. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Howard did this really... Oh, that's electric. So those are uh, from the week before, end of the electric. Mark uh, Farrington, Warhead Storage Hutches, RAF Barnum Nuclear Warhead Maintenance Complex. Holy moly. Yeah. One of the two servicing facilities established to support the UK's independent nuclear deterrent in the 1950s, now decommissioned and allegedly non-radioactive in parentheses. Uh, wow. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I wonder if, if that's you, a place you, I'd hang out. Yeah, I mean, if you brought a Geiger counter, Mark, would, would it go off or is it, is it pretty safe? Oh, Peter Geiser, that's why you asked about that, the memorial. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, terrific shots. What, uh, what do you want to do for this week? Um, oh man, Ryan, which that's, one? that's my vehicle right there. If, if money were no object, that is the Porsche 911 GT2 for my money. That is one of the most beautiful vehicles I've ever seen in my I life. My buddy's got a GT3 just like that. Ugh. 
I drove it. It was nice. Uh, a lot of money for those cars. Very. Yeah, very much. Uh, this week, this week, uh, I want to go back a little bit and uh, going with reverse. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Reverse. I see what you did there. Yeah. Reverse. reverse. Good, good, good. Let me put a... What do you think? I think it's good. Have we not done reverse? We have not. I checked. Okay. I looked at reverse or reverse all, and I did not see it on the list. All right. Uh, and if you are looking for what has, if you want to go back and do some of the previous assignments, chrismatheson.com, K-R-I-S-M-A-T-H-E-S-O-N, chrismatheson.com. Yep. He's got a list of not only the assignments, but uh, the photographers of the week that we have used. So get your inspiration on over there. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put another link to that in the show notes as well. Um, all right, what do you got for Photographer of the Week? Photographer of the Week, Martin Munkachi. I was looking at these yesterday. And if you, if you look at the second link, okay, the P-Base link. Yep. And if you look at the top row, third photograph, boys running into the surf at Lake Oh, that Tanganyika. classic one, yep. Apparently, or so, so he says, this is the only photograph that ever inspired Cartier-Bresson, in his, in his words. Interesting. Do you, do, you, do you find that picture that moving? I think it's a terrific picture. Uh, of his photographs that are on this page, it is not my, my favorite but I think it's a terrific photograph. Yeah. I think uh, the composition is great. I think what makes it is is the contrast, obviously, between the boys and the surf. Right. Sure. How they they are they are almost silhouette, but it's it's so brilliant. Uh, the exposure is just perfect, where you you see the detail in their skin, uh, and you've still got detail in the surf. It, it is really just a beautiful photograph. Was that one of the images in the Family of Man? I don't know exhibit. Uh, I also like the photograph next to it quite a bit. The Bedouin from Egypt in 1929, guy riding his horse. That is a terrific photograph. Let me let me pull that up. Let me it's see. the one right next to it, to the left. Oh, to the left of it. Yeah, that one I think is yeah, even better. That is a beautiful photograph. Um, reminder, these links are, of, of all the photographers of the week, there are links in the show notes. So if you go to either ontakingpictures.com or 5x5.tv slash OTP, you can get to all these show notes and, and, you know, we, we put these links in every week. Go look at them because there, there is so much terrific inspiration out there um, True. That, uh, that, you can, that you can find. So Martin Munkachi, uh, his wiki, born 1896, lived uh, till 1963, Hungarian photographer. So um, 67 now, years old, not that old. No, but he, here's the thing. He, he worked... Um, uh, alongside uh, Carmel Snow, who who worked with Avedon and uh, uh, Alexei Brodovich at Harper's, yeah. Um, so was was really kind of uh, uh, at the forefront of of when fashion made its way from from the stiff sort of posed staged photographs of the studio out into the streets. Yep. Um, and uh, so he, he and you got to also remember with these guys how what, what the cameras they were using to do these things were not as uh, uh, you know fast and nimble as the cameras that you use to do your stuff now. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it was, you it's know, harder you, to do that. 
you, you, you complain about only getting eight frames per second. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they get eight seconds per frame. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so also another link that, that, that I found was uh, uh, Martin Mancacci. It's called Think While You Shoot. And this was uh, an ICP exhibition of some of his photographs. And again, just some absolutely beautiful photographs in here. Um, a lot of, a lot of German Nazi stuff, interestingly enough. Uh, yeah. He was over yeah, in yeah, Germany yeah. in the 30s. Uh, there's one in here, uh, the dance team of Tibor von Halme. And oh, where Vera, he's over the top yeah, of her? Yeah. 1931, where he's in midair over the top of her. And she's like, ah, looking up. It's a terrific shot. Yeah, it's cute. Terrific shot. Totally um, cute. Love the shot of Fred Astaire up on his toes. Um, so yeah, so some really, hey, really interesting stuff. Go back stuff. to the P-Base one. Uh, uh, yep. Second second of the bottom row, fourth in, motorcycle. Oh yeah, it's all oh, distorted. Look at that. That's great. That's great. At 100 kilometers, driver in Hungarian tourist trophy race, 1929. That's a beautiful shot. Yeah. Very, very cool. Excellent. Good, good choice. Uh, you got anything else? Mm, well, I, I, I could go on. <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> uh, I think last no, week is... we did that and then went on for another 15 minutes. I think so. I think so. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. All right. Good. Some uh, great stuff in here though. Yeah. If you want to get a hold of us, three, four, seven, six, eight, seven, 94, 11. Yep. is the uh, phone number. You can leave a voicemail uh, at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sedoris on Instagram and Twitter. You can leave us a, uh, uh, send us an email podcast at on taking And uh, we will read your email and, uh, and I we do read it. all of them. So, I mean, I think we there's do. some, sometimes, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to send it. They're not going to read it. We read everything and we re- we try to respond to everything. Uh, it may take us a little bit because we do get a lot of email, but we do read everything and respond. Do you know what's interesting is the, um, I think what I did on this SD card is that the, the, uh, the right lock. The little got, tab. Yeah. That got caught on something. You know what I mean? That I was, oh, and, and that, that yanked it open. Exactly. Hmm. I think that's what happened. Can you see on the little right tab? Is there some sort of, uh, cut the right or tab indentation? popped out. Oh, it did. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds like maybe that's what you did then. Yeah. That must be what I did. Well, what are you going to do? Hey, what do you think is the uh, ideal size of a card? 64 gig cards get me about 550 shots on my camera. They are so inexpensive, Bill, that I tend to use 32s and 64s, mostly 32s. Right. Um, because I don't, if, if, if one of these things does take a dump on me, I don't want to lose a ton of work. Yeah. When I'm doing things that are really important, I'll put two of them in the camera and actually have it right to both. Mm-hmm. So God forbid one of the cards almost dies. like you've striped them that kind of thing. Uh, it's more like a raid one. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it'll it'll write the same thing to both of them. So if one of them craps out, everything's on the other one still. Um, I'm gonna go read that. I found that YouTuber upgrades base model 5K iMac with seventh gen i7. Blah blah blah. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, gonna go, go take a that. look at that. That's it's you know. It, Does he say how much he actually ended up paying? Yeah, he breaks it down completely. Okay. And he saved the article, about they don't. 1900 bucks on over the cost of, of buying the app, the Apple version. Yeah. Um, but you know, now he can't bring it in for Apple care. 
Anything. Yeah. Once you, once you, the, the, the front of the IMAX, there's an, there's an adhesive strip that goes all the way around it. And iFixit makes a tool apparently that's got like a little wheel. It looks very similar. If you've ever rescreened a screen door where it's yeah. got the little wheel that you press in the, 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 the beading with, yeah, yeah, it looks yeah, very yeah. similar to that, but it can get in, it can get in between the screen and the casing without damaging either and without damaging the ribbon cables that are behind it. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I'm all for buying the lowest memory and upgrading your memory separately. And I have upgraded the SSD in my mother's old iMac, but that's just because mm-hmm. it was so out of date that it was worth, you know, the chance of breaking it. But to buy a brand new $3,000 computer to then rip it open and put another $1,000 worth of stuff in it, I don't know. I, I, I actually, the maxed out i7 with a one terabyte internal SSD is... Mm $3,099 plus 350 bucks will get you up to 64 gigs. So for 3,500, you can get basically this minus the, right. An extra terabyte. It's, it's no small feat. Yes. He, he makes it look very easy, but to be clear, you've got to remove the front. Then you've got to remove both speakers. You've got to remove the power supply and, you know, remove some, some very small, uh, DIN cables and then get the thing all back together without, Mess anything up. Messing having, anything up. Turning it on and having it go bing. Although yeah. it they don't even have it <laughs> do the sound Apple. anymore. Yeah, do they? Not even, they don't even have it. Remember the little sad Apple face? Like when something went wrong, it had little, you know. You know, those are the things I actually liked about Macs, even when I didn't I use Macs. I know. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> so much more elegant than that crappy post screen, you know. On, yeah. <laughs> on the Man. PC. <laughs> just, you know. Ugh. I was like, you know, you asked me a couple weeks ago, would you ever just go back to using a Windows machine? Yeah. If you can get so much cheaper. Yeah. And I guess, man, it's something about Windows well, they're 10. Not, they're not a lot cheaper. No, it's not that much cheaper. Right. But but there's this element of Windows 10, man. It's like it, it, not only the ugliness of it and, and all the rest of the stuff we've already talked about, but just this level of integration with you know calling back to Microsoft all the time and dealing with all of that copy protection crap and authorized versions and it, ugh, you know. I, yeah, I don't I do, want to go I back do, to all that. I think it's still kind of strange that they produce, what, five different versions of the operating system. I mean, it's all, you, you get the same thing. It's just license keys unlock different functionality. Yeah. Yeah. That, that just feels very strange to me. Yeah. Yeah, they, they could make a really great version of Windows if it was like, this is Windows, it costs $200, and... Yeah, this is know, it. This That's is it. it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like they used to, like they originally did, you know. There weren't 27 versions of Windows 95, you know? <laughs> right. Um, anyway, uh, send us an email, send us a, a voicemail, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, have a great week. Uh, go, go make some cool things. Jeffrey go. will be in his sixth decade at the time by then. Right? Wait, what? You will be in your sixth decade. Oh, yeah, because zero to 10. Yeah, 10 to, wait, zero to yeah. 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30, 40, 40 to 50. Wow. Right? It's a fence post what? error. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that I'm, I know that I'm having ice cream cake and that's all I know. Cool. And maybe some, maybe some donuts. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right, people, we will see you later. Yep. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Plain to see.
gonna do this uh, so all right here uh late re- breaking news yeah real-time follow-up uh yeah. <laughs> so i i just got uh, a response from from kef america saying to uh send them an email and and they'll send out some replacement ear pads for my my m500s uh we're sorry to hear this sometimes wear and tear happens even with gentle use so you know what right on uh kef america kef uk thank you See? that's that's pretty cool so yeah. See, squeaky wheel. That's right. It, it, <laughs> we talked about this a minute ago. What did you say? You said, uh, I said, I said the, the best way to complain is Twitter. <laughs> I think that's what I said. Yeah. So, so there you go, Jeffrey. You got, you got your, you got, you got your head pad, oh your ear pads. God, my head pad. Yeah. I need a head pad. I tell you, <laughs> all this stuff rumbling around in my noodle. So there you go, gang. <laughs> little, little, uh, little real time. Uh, we just finished recording, and and this this popped up on my Twitter feed. So there you go. Thank you, Kef America. If you guys are listening, uh, well played. Thank you. All right, now now we have to finish the show so I can go complain to Sandisk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a, a new SD card will come. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you.